that their blood will improve measurably. Their blood will look far better and and you'll start to see that the microbes will be less uh, pronounced. Everyone has a little bit of microbes. Yeah, no, definitely. But, but just the scale at which you see where some people have like one here or there and some people And it's have... hard to hardly even find them, yeah, right? And some... We're doing a series of experiments specifically to evaluate how a body responds to an animal-based diet versus a plant-based diet. I literally purchased a group of, if you will, plant-based burgers, the Impossible Burger. We're going to compare that to the Beyond Burger, a Boca Burger, and a Gardein Burger. Okay. Gardein, I... I'm told is also at the yard house. I don't okay. know how pervasive or how distributed yard houses around the country. And yeah, a few of them sound vaguely familiar. I've, I've heard the names, but I haven't tried them yet, okay. like the Boca Burger. Right, right. So uh, our subject just uh, departed here, and I, I just wanted to show what I did was I collected the blood. I put it into the cassette. You observed mm -hmm. uh, the gentleman that was here. Yes. And I'm going to put it in the machine. We pre-clean the machine uh, per the manual directions. It's called a Colistec LDX, and it's going to measure HDL, LDL, triglyceride, cholesterol, and glucose. So I'm, I'm discarding this in the Sharps container, and what we're about to do is actually measure your blood. Maybe you can scoot over a little closer here. Uh, okay. And if you don't mind, uh, here, we're going to, hold, hold on, let me, before you do that. I'll use, uh, this one, this one I used just a second ago, so this one should be okay. Uh, uh, okay. Do you want to All right, do, do the, the honors. honors. Uh, where about, uh, was it on this? I'm left-handed, so oh. we, we, you got a situation where I need to draw my left hand to your right hand. So that's perfect, but it has to be on the inside for me. Okay, yeah, either way, that's fine. You're okay whatever's with that? Yeah, whatever's best for you. <laughs> okay, let's get this done. And the equipment's ready to go. Here we go. I'm going to grab the pipette, and people are going to see. I just need to have enough light here. I hope it doesn't throw it off on the camera. Let's get it down here. Very good. Put a little pressure. Pull that finger up. Okay, so what are we doing, Kyle? I was just about to say, if, what, what he's doing that you might not be able to see is he is uh, pooling the blood on my finger, and using the pipette, which has like a negative pressure to it, um, in order to pull the pull my blood up to the uh, the proper mark on the pipette. And once I once it's up to that proper mark, then we have a, a sample size big enough to uh, to put into the Colistec cassette and get a proper measurement for my uh, my glucose, my triglycerides, um, and my cholesterol. Okay, we have one little difficulty that doesn't often happen but um here let me let me get this uh started i'll make sure we can pull that up there we go here i need a, a little bit more because i had to pull off that little drop because it has to fill it up completely all right so we're just going to get that so how many tests would you say we've done over the last uh i don't know 10 years you've worked with me for how many years i've worked with you j almost seven now okay and uh i mean at least several times a week 
You know, we, we, we do this quite often. We have a, a lot of in-house, in-house patients that come in to, you know, to get their blood looked at and also get their cholesterol levels measured. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very informative test, you know? Yeah. It's good to know, good to know what's happening under the hood. Uh, also, uh, under the microscope, we have this sample of blood that you can see that we pulled uh, on the prior individual that came in. And, and here I'm going to uh, go ahead and put this drop in. But you see that little area there? You think you might need a little more? I do. Okay. Yeah. That's um, a guarantee. I just want to make sure. So what I'll do is I'll pull it up with the other pipette, and we'll get that done. Okay, here, let's just clear our area. And here, I'll just use it from this one just to be absolutely sure. That's not standard. I don't normally do it this way, but... Um, <laughs> it's hard, hard for me to do that angle with yeah. one hand. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you, you just have to deal with the situation at hand. So here, let's bring that up. Of course, it doesn't want to bleed now. Usually, we use a bigger uh, <laughs> little needle uh, lancet, and it it pops pretty hard, and it's, it's a little uncomfortable. So we try and spare people that by using the smaller one, especially for the microscope. You don't want as much blood uh, gelling out, and, and it does uh, affect the samples. Uh, the, the the sample of on the on the live blood, correct? Yeah. If you get too too big of a droplet. Yeah, for sure. You might have just poke another finger. It doesn't feel like it wants to give anymore. That's why I brought the the poker. Okay. Do you, oh, you want this hand? <laughs> <laughs> On the inside, yeah. There you go. Okay, that's going to be much easier. And then what we'll do is the beauty of this, you needed to do it anyway. So we're going to have to uh, pull the... For, for the live and dry blood samples? Yeah. Ho hold on before you start that. Uh, also, we have the COVID test that we tested on you prior, and we just put the blood in the sample with the reagent, and it tested negative. COVID negative, everybody. <laughs> you can give me a hug. Yeah, yeah, good stuff <laughs> here. We can shake hands without danger. Okay, so we're going to pull this little uh, plunger out and finish the amount. Okay, so the prior person... Uh, had a level, and I'll identify that person as uh, Nicholas. His level, yeah, let's see if we can just bring that light over here, and if it shows, uh, can you see the results over here and bring that uh, close-up camera closer? Can you see the results there? Can you read them off, Kyle? Uh, yeah, it says uh, total, uh, total cholesterol is 186. HDL is 44, LDL is 127, and his triglycerides are 76. Okay, continue with the reading. Then his non-HDL is 142, and his LDL to HDL ratio is 2.9. Okay. And his glucose is 84. Got it. Okay. So that, since we, we have these results, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat it one more time. Data... There we go. So uh, why don't we do this so that we can keep track of what's going on here? I'm do you have take a, a picture of it real quick? Yeah, too. take a picture. That'll be easier. Then we can just pull it back up. And then I'll show it to the audience so they see it as well. Okay. Do you have that picture? Get the better. The light was a little weird. So there we go. 
Okay, I got that one. If you want to, oh, there's three more of them though. If you want to, click, hold, click hold on. Can you pull this down? Yes, sir. Let's see the front picture here. Let's see. Can they can they see that? Oh, it'll be up here. Oh yeah. We got a little. Is that as far as as close as it'll get without pulling it off? Yeah. Okay. Do, do you, if I go this let's see, way, let's see if I can give you a little extra room. Okay. So again, the readings are. Can you actually read them off the screen? I can. Not the easiest, but yeah, you, you sure can. What is the numbers? It says a 186 for total cholesterol. HDL is 44. Triglycerides are 76. LDL is 127. Okay, let's that again. That next reading Just a little higher. Oh, I think Just it. Just a little higher. I think it decided to end. Oh, I disconnected it. Worse. Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> but we have the reading. We yeah, we, we took we, the pictures. We read it out in the recording. We'll be able to go back through it and grab and it. And the significant tests are completed. All right, so let's do this next part. Yeah. Okay. It's one of those interesting days. <laughs> All right. We're fumbling, but we're still getting it done. Okay, you know, can you hold you on recover. to this? Of course. Thank you. Well, uh, <laughs> we're going to get that done. Is there power or did it? Oh, I got it. Good. Okay, so it says waiting, uh, testing memory. Okay, we're good. Now, let me just put that added little drop, right? Uh, again, a little bit irregular, but I'm going to put just a little drop in just, just to be correct. Because it should be the total volume. We'll recheck it, recheck it too anyway at several intervals to do this experiment correctly. Um, so here we go. Yep. Okay. So now that we know we're ready to run this test, we're going to put this in. I don't think we need that light. Okay. Very good. Okay. So we're going to get a run on that. We always discard the Lancet, get rid of that, and let's uh, go ahead and proceed with a different angle, right? Okay, so right now we're looking at the blood in the machine. We're looking at the prior person's blood under the microscope. And I'm going to give you a better view of that microscope. Let's describe what we're looking at under the microscope, Kyle. What do we, what do we see? Well, it, it's, it's been up there for a little bit. So the cell, I saw it earlier. So, um, so the cell structure, it's really good, actually, um, for, you know, given, given a situation. The, uh, the red blood cells look good. They're, they are quite circular. They're not very misshaped. Um, his white blood cell looks like it's intact, and it was moving around a little bit earlier. So it looked like it was in a healthy state. Um, and then we do see a, a few wigglies in the background, huh? Some, uh, some microbes and some, some little bacteria. Yeah, and did you identify the white blood cell I for did. the audience? Yeah, yeah, the white blood cell okay. is the slightly bigger cell in the middle with the more transparent look to it. Okay. Uh, what, I mean, if it were to just be described as a color with, with lobes and, and various things, that's a monocyte, essentially. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we have different types of cells, granular sites, agranular sites. This is an agranular site because you really don't identify the granules that clearly. Um, and so let's just move the blood around a little bit more. We can identify a few more structures. But there seems to be a fair amount of uh, microbial activity. 
showing up even, although if you leave blood under a microscope long enough, it'll culture in live blood and you'll see more activity. Out of, out of my own curiosity, Nick. Um, yeah. Where what what would because you know we I look at a lot of blood under blood under a microscope and the level of microbes in people varies tremendously. You know, some people Correct. look like you know are completely you know clean as can be. You don't see anything wiggling around in the background, and then some people it looks like some alien safari. Um, so I guess I was just asking what what is it about a person's lifestyle or upbringing or, or choices that you know, cause this kind of situation compared to, um, you know, when, when you see it squeaky clean like a, you know, like a commercial kitchen. Well, what we're looking at, if, if you take a, a glance here, you can see, uh, and I'll, I'll help on the screen if you can see this, see that large type of bacteria there and there and there. They're actually moving and they're alive. And I happen to know that this person is on a heavy meat diet. And in my book, I talked about the exposure to microbes and bacteria, e even viral exposures. And uh, a person on a heavy meat diet will tend to have, I mean, think of it, salmonella. Uh, you can think of various other types of exposures. And so, like, does kissing a lot of people cause stuff like this? If, if you have a strong immune system and you are sharing the saliva, uh, the reality is that a person with a strong immune system will adapt fairly quickly and they will take on a, a biome of the other person. And the more exposure you have to other biomes, the healthier your immune system becomes. So this kind of clutter in regards to, uh, it's, that's a negative, negative connot connotated word, but like this type of culture is so it's not ne not necessarily a bad thing to have that many bacteria to have this kind of well uh, it is i i'm gonna go so far as to say uh i know the history of this individual and they've been struggling with some kind of chronic infection okay so th so this this type of thing then really doesn't happen to this degree without a compromised immune system of, of some sort correct okay and and let's say someone takes antibiotics and it clears everything out now, the bad stuff grows faster, grows more easily. No, not necessarily. Okay. But let's say every day they're eating meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They're constantly culturing. They're culturing new exposures. Okay. And for whatever reason, this person, their immune system is not handling the viral, let's just say the bacterial overload that they're being presented with. Okay. Now, I predict that this person will when they shift over to a plant-based diet that their blood will improve measurably their blood will look far better and and you'll start to see that the microbes will be less uh pronounced everyone has a little bit of microbes yeah, no, definitely but, but the, just the scale at which you see where some people have, have like one here or there and some people and it's have, hard to hardly even find them, yeah right? and then some people it's like you know, it looks like the plague or something. <laughs> and, and, and the fact that those uh, bacterial counts increase so rapidly, the time at which it increases is important as well. Okay. Now, Enderline theory and some of the other terrain theorists of microscopy have stated that we do all have these microbes in our body. And under certain conditions, if we've used alcohol, uh, street drugs or prescription, if we've gotten poor sleep habits, 
if we're not consistent with our exercise, uh, if we're maybe not cognizant of adrenal fatigue and issues that relate. Was, what is it about street drugs and prescription drugs that causes these issues, if I may ask? Well, think about it. Let, let's say someone's using, uh, I'll just put it out there, cocaine, methamphetamine. Okay. Um, what's another street drug? Uh, marijuana. Um, like heroin, right? There's. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess so, right? It's heroin. Popular, it's popular in some places you'd never expect it to be popular, like Huntington right. Beach, for example. It's kind of crazy. Okay. Uh, what that does is, it. Let, let's take the example of methamphetamine or cocaine. It puts the body in overdrive. It it puts so much stress on the adrenals. So like caffeine, but worse? Yes. Okay. Far worse. Okay. However, you brought up a good thing, a good point, and that is that caffeine in susceptible individuals is something that if they don't metabolize caffeine very well from coffee or Coca-Cola. on too long, basically. Some people it passes through very quickly and does a very minimal effect, right? And then some people it's almost like 12 hours of... Well, well the, Over the think, think, think of the definition of, of, of metabolism, right? Metabolism is that the body has the ability to take in a drug or a chemical, and, and in this case, caffeine is a form of, if you look in the PDR, the well, phys it's, it's physicians... Ban it's banned over 300 milligrams in fighting sports because of how performance-enhancing it is, right? So it's a... Uh, yeah. So it's definitely, it's definitely so, not an inert, so, inert substance. So if you look in the physician desk reference, right... I've never seen you pull that book out. Pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Ca <laughs> caffeine will be listed alphabetical under okay. its uh, chemical name, and you will find that it is considered a drug prescription of 200 milligrams or more. A doctor would prescribe 200 milligrams or more to get a drug effect. It is a drug. Yeah. And the fact that it is a drug, metabolism has it that, let's say, my friend, Dr. C, she drinks the same cup of coffee I drink at the we same don't want time. Drinking that cup of coffee, well, <laughs> we'll get to that. She drinks it, and it will clear her system. I mean, she'll get the effect of the caffeine. Like some people, it's like twenty minutes. Some people, she'll like, get the yeah. effect. She'll get the energy, and then for for whatever reason, she'll be ready for another cup. Mm -hmm. I know a few people like that. Yeah, right. It's almost minimal effect. They can go me, to sleep after me, a cup of caffeine. If I drink like. Like a sip. Literally. I, we know. We know. <laughs> but explain to the... <laughs> I don't metabolize caffeine. It stays in my system. It doesn't leave my system no. in, from morning into and the it night. it takes you as high as caffeine can take a person, basically. Beyond. It, it's yeah. almost like I took meth. It's, it's, it's scary. And, and I wouldn't really know, per se, should I say yeah, meth, but, right? but like as far as like the way perceiving from the outside. Like, yeah, you're... Uh, although, uh, although I will say... I once had, I was in the presence of a person who said, this is Mexican marijuana. And I didn't know what they were talking about. And I walked in the room and there was this white smoke. I come to find out it was meth. <laughs> and, <Hey. laughs> and, and, and just secondhand experience of it. I think I was there for the after effects of that one. Yeah. I think I was. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it lasted for, uh, it must have been. Like the I was awake night, for the whole night. We were playing damage control, having fun going, no, Nick, no. <laughs> for whatever reason, I, I have, I, I have probably clinically had low adrenal function for most of my life. 
Yeah. I, I'm going to be very direct. I, I know we, we know the symptoms. Uh, Dr. Terry Hertog first described it. I was in the front row taking notes with Dr. Ron Rothenberg, UC San Diego professor, Dr. Hertog from Belgium. And he was describing in no uncertain terms the whole issue of uh, adrenal fatigue. And I'm a classic case. There's this book, um, Safe Uses of Cortisol by William McKinley Jeffries. If you grab that book, Adrenal Fatigue, uh, Kyle, please grab that one right there. Sorry. It's okay. You just drop shit all over the place. <laughs> I don't care. It just it's happens. It's just a set. I don't yeah. mind. So we'll cut that out. When you no, we'll leave it in. <laughs> when you understand adrenal fatigue, which I'm gonna put my head out there and say, the people most susceptible to COVID and to in- infections oh, and flus and colds are those who have poor adrenal function and do nothing about it. Not only poor adrenal function because of their natural genetics or or, or lifestyle outside of work, but you know especially. You know our friends in law enforcement and you know and the the front line of healthcare be, just because of the 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 shifts they're required to to work right you know 12, 12 hours minimum sixteen hours uh, you know three or four days in a row with less than eight hours between your shifts you know they they basically are giving these people no choice but to burn out yeah and and we were talking about Dr Terry Hertog uh, third generation. Um, expert in endocrinology. Even more He's, than that, right? I mean, because endocrinologists can be kind of narrow-minded in their approach. And his it's an, vast uh, yeah. knowledge of, of hormonal intervention is amazing. It's amazing. And, and when he was a child, his father and grandfather would talk about thyroid disorders and cortisol disorders at the, at the dinner table. I could not imagine having that level of knowledge poured into you from that young of an age. He was put on thyroid, as I understand, thyroid uh, armor, glandular thyroid, because he was clinically diagnosed with low thyroid levels at the age of, I believe, five. Wow. Was it his father or his grandfather who discovered thyroid hormone? The grandfather. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. In history. <laughs> there, there's even, if you will, a condition called Hertog syndrome where there's thinning of the eyebrows. So let's get back to our test because now that enough time, I'm going to hold on to this so I don't pull out the cord again. <laughs> Let me take a picture of it before you do yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, quick, quick, <laughs> take a picture. You got your camera. Yeah. We'll, 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 uh, It'll be good to have these now, numbers. I don't think I need light on it, but for the audience, can you read them yeah, off? Yeah, so it's total cholesterol is 197. Yeah. Uh, triglycerides are 114. HDL is 39, LDL is 135. Okay, I'm forgive me. Uh, now we're going to be showing the audience, and I want you to repeat it so they see your your actual readings right now as we speak. So, say, so it's once again is a triglycerides are 197, or sorry, total cholesterol is 197, triglycerides are 114, HDL is 39, and LDL is 135. Okay, and then we'll go ahead and click over to the. I'm going to hit one. data so I don't mess this up. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let me take a picture of that one real quick too. But I can't see. It says, uh, "Oh, non-HDL is 158. LDL to HDL ratio is 3.4." Okay. And then the glucose level? Glucose level is 106. Okay. You want to take another I picture sure just so we have here. Uh, I've yeah, got just it. in case. Just <laughs> take a picture of that one while well, it's still here. Why didn't you take a picture of the glucose first? <laughs> Are you going back through the whole thing again? Just the second. Oh, I didn't get the second one. You're not going to get it. I don't think you it should. shows up a third time. Well, it only went through once. It only went through it once. We went through it the first 50 time. 50 cent bet. I'm going to try. Someone said uh, that the, the, the singer 50 cent went bankrupt. I don't know. He has so many business ventures. I'd, you'd think he'd, it, it might have been a technicality. Did someone say... 
Yeah, I was, I was saying it was a technicality for him to end a company so he didn't have to pay. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was normal business practice. Uh, I almost guarantee. I, I don't I don't believe it. You know how many athletes who make millions, including Mike Tyson, who we're going to comment but on soon. But he owns soon. Smartwater. Currently? 50 Cent owns Smartwater. And he owns a couple other. He's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a pretty savvy businessman. He's also okay. one of the co-producers and owners of that show Power. He's Yeah, he's and that show's doing well. He's I, I highly doubt he's struggling right now. Okay, so... Back, back to <laughs> side topic. <laughs> we, we never diverted to subjects. Yeah, no, we stay focused at all times. <laughs> I'm the one who starts it all. Oh, oh now, now check this out. You have candida, which is a fungal form. You see that little white patch, mm -hmm. right? Yes, sir. Now, now there's traditional doctors say you'll never find candida in the blood. It's like impossible. You'd be approaching death, like on your deathbed with cancer or something, and then you'd see candida. The truth is... There has been clinicians who have pipetted the blood, pulled it, sent it off to the laboratory, and confirmed it was one of several different types of, of candida fungal forms. So it is what it is. And I'd now, say we, we see it in, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but we do see it in quite a few of our, our, our people that we look at their blood for. And uh, when we do look at it, I'd say the vast majority of the time they are eating a lot of processed oil, a lot of animal products, and not really keeping track of their processed sugar intake, right? It's kind of that combo that causes that. Yes. And and think about it. This person's blood is now teeming with uh, even even spirochetes. It's got, uh, uh, it's got salmonella. It's got bacillus of various types. Uh, pneumococcus it, it's it's got um i mean if you go down the list this this is a good example to look at when you're studying blood so when we look at blood and the shape and the quality of the cells the absorption of the vitamins and minerals the red blood cells look good overall from what we they looked look at very good yeah. right so the terrain that's carrying the blood the background the terrain is what concerns us now it's interesting do we recall what his triglycerides were um, it, it wasn't I, all that. I have them. It wasn't all that high, and and if he had high triglycerides, we would consider them to be uh, elevated. His triglycerides were one fourteen. Okay, so so think about it. He, he shared with us that he ate uh, not on the on the camera, but prior to our filming, that he had oh, actually, eaten. No, sorry, my apologies. His triglycerides were seventy six. Seventy six. It's extremely pristine and low. Seventy six by anyone's standards after eating in the middle of the day. We probably tested him. What uh, approaching two thirty, three o'clock. He's been yeah. gone about an hour, maybe three thirty. About three. Yeah, three three thirty. Three three thirty. He had already eaten a plant based veggie uh, bowl. Okay. He ate. Hmm. Um, he, he may correct me. He'll remember what he ate. But I believe it was also uh, a veggie burrito. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and his, his triglycerides, when, when we first put them up, they looked, looked immaculate. It looked, looked really good. And he said he's been, he's been doing plant-based for three or four days straight is what he said at that point in time, I believe. Oh, I didn't hear that Yeah, part. yeah that's what he said while I was setting things up over here. He said, he said for the past three or four days he's been really clean. Okay. So that's why it was immaculate. And, and we were going to get <laughs> a weight really scale, but... The weight scale mysteriously disappeared. We don't know where it went. And I, I kind of lost happens. it when I saw that. I'm like, because so many things have disappeared <laughs> no, from this office. I said, that never happens. Yeah. And, and that being said, uh, it's not excusable about how I actually got a little bit uh, perturbed about some issue that was going on. But it, it happened the way it happened. But the point is, I'm going to estimate his body weight at somewhere between 265 and 270. Mm -hmm. I want it. We're going to get this week his his body weight, ideally. Mm -hmm. 
And then what he's agreed to do is to do a program that's nice. cleansing for his terrain, the microbes that he's had a chronic inf infection, he's told me, for more than 10 years oh, wow. that hasn't been addressed properly. And we're going down the list with the team of some of the top doctors in the country, arguably. And we've, we're getting back test results. It's interesting. I got my test results back. I'm, I'm really curious because I've been waiting to see what those came up. I have no idea what I'm going to see on those. I look, I look through them briefly. I'm, I'd be, in, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to go over them with you and just, just, just talk about. Was there it. some surprises? There? A few. Yeah, there were a few. Some interesting ones. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> hey, 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 guys, listen, listen. The, the whole reason, you know, I wrote the book "Blood Doesn't Lie" is because. You can, you can say anything you want to say about how healthy someone is, but when you put it to the test of multiple hormones, omegas, electrolytes, liver, kidney function, cancer markers, down the list, in most people, particularly by my age, you're going to find things. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, you can adjust for those Absolutely. things you find. So there's a section under infectious disease. Can you please find that section? Yes, I can. Yeah. And, and I, I wanted... I wanted to what, defer what, what to the book. What topic in here is it specifically on? Or well, it's literally called infection. Um, oh, okay. Infection. This is, this is the infections <laughs> one right here. Yeah. How to how to um, how to um, how not to die. How not to die of infectious disease. That's the chapter in this particular mm -hmm. book, which the book is by Michael Greger, and, and and we're going through that right now. So, Danny, is there any questions on on the YouTube channel right now? So I'm in the I'm in that chapter. Okay. So all I wanted to do, you have your glasses on? Yes. Okay. I want you to name off the various microbes. Tuberculosis, typhoid fever, whooping cough, uh what does this say? Mutant cattle viruses, uh influenza, cold viruses came from horses, water buffalo, uh, oh, leprosy came from water buffalo is what it says. Wow. Ducks. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll just go and I'll go and read. It. Okay, please. Uh, so it says it says typhoid typhoid fever typhoid fever appears to have been originally acquired through the domestication of goats, but now infects nearly one third of humanity. Meanwhile, measles and smallpox may have arisen from mutant cattle cattle viruses. We domesticated pigs and got whooping cough. We domesticated chickens and got typhoid fever. We domesticated ducks and got influenza. Leprosy may have come from water buffalo and the cold virus from horses. How often did wild horses have the opportunity to sneeze into human faces until they were broken and bridled? Okay, so uh, jump ahead because there's some... I was having this argument with a gentleman at a Korean barbecue, and I was like, like freaking out because I'm like, what do I order? <laughs> Yeah, we finally for vegans that are, we finally are, went to Sabu Sabu. Is that how it's called? Sabu. I think so. I've heard the name. Yeah, and they they give you this incredible vegetable dishes, but right next to me the people were ordering meat. But the problem is when they cook the meat on the same gr uh, gr griddle. Grill? Yeah, grill. Grill. I want you to come up across that section where there's a particular pathogen that no matter amount, no matter how hot you cook the meat, those microbes come through. And, and I, I'm, I'm sharing this with our audience because, I mean, if you don't know it by now, we're in a massive lockdown. And if we trace down and you study my book, How Not to Die, I have a section in the, in the I thought it was so important, it's in chapter two. And it's stated, eating animals causes disease. 
and these diseases are zoonotic diseases. Now, I extracted some of these original research, and I, I'm very quick to say this. It's estimated that 75% of viruses and 50% of bacteria known to be coming uh, cause disease in humans are from animals, zoonotic. So these are concerning, but do you jump ahead maybe the next section read the underlying sections because the underlying sections has a particular microbe that i even wrote go go back down here what does it say down here in the 80 percent right here where it says oh i thought i thought we had it what what does this say right here four billion this is the multiples yeah maybe it's down here large respiratory upper respiratory, raw, vegan, and fruit. Okay, so it's saying that, for example, that when, uh, oh, there's cholera. Yeah, well, we mentioned that earlier, but there, there's another deadly, deadly virus. Uh, okay, here we go. That's what I want to look at. Salmonella. Okay. What does it say? 48 million people are sickened annually, and that usually, and that's, that's, that's just. from food poisoning, yeah. Yeah. So no one argues, but we continue to consume. Okay, here we go. Salmonella survived cooked omelets and French toast. So even if you cook it, and here, what's it say about eating chicken? It says, yeah, it says uh, salmonella can survive in cooked omelets and French toast. Salmonella, salmonella may even survive in eggs boiled up to eight minutes, which if you, if you enjoy eggs, you know that they should be boiled much less than that to get soft boiled, which actually tastes good, wow. which actually feel good. So, yeah, everyone, everyone who's doing boiled eggs, if there's salmonella in the eggs, they are getting salmonella. And have you ever noticed during Thanksgiving, which were at that holiday, that the outbreaks of viruses and colds and flus immediately following that meal within days is at almost record highs during the year? And what I'm suggesting is the very foods that you ate during Thanksgiving are going to lead to this higher risk factor. Have you ever read this chapter, by the way? I sure have, yeah. I've read this book a couple of times. It's just, yeah. There's so much to it. It's, you, there's, it'd, be, it'd be pretty darn hard to you know, memorize all of it. But yeah, it's, it's a What's great What's to book. say about the pork industry? Read that one out loud. Okay. Um, let me get to the beginning of the sentence. The pork industry largely passes along to society the estimated $250 million cost of sickening tens of thousands of, Ameri of Americans every year. Um, crowding pigs a little tighter means more money. And so, uh, you know, they're not worried about the diseases. Now read this one by. with emphasis here. Read, read this one. Oh, it says, doesn't cooking wipe out most bugs? Well, C. Diff, diff isn't like most bugs. For most meat, 71 degrees Celsius is the recommended internal cooking temperature, but C. diff can survive two hours of cooking at that temperature. In other words, you can grill a chicken at the recommended cooking, or you can, you can grill a chicken at the recommended cooking thermometer temperature for two hours straight and still not kill the bug. You've probably seen advertisements for those alcohol-based sanitizers that advertise they kill 99.99% of all germs. Well, C. diff falls into that 0.01%. They don't call it a superbug for nothing. Residual spores... 71 degrees Celsius. That's 160 degrees Fahrenheit cooking temperature. And it says that... Uh, the residual spores of the pathogen have been shown to readily transmit with a handshake even after using hand sanitizer. As one of the lead researchers who discovered another superbug in the United States meat supply, meat supply Emma MRSA has advised, people who handle raw meat may want to wear gloves. 
Okay, and then if you recognize without reading all this, the point is that with antibiotics, animals are loaded with more antibiotics than the typical, if you will, even use into humans. And so because of that, we become antibiotic resistant. Well, and they're also saying that, you know, just by eating meat alone, you can, you can have uh, traces of antibiotics found in your urine just from eating meat. Oh, the meat itself the meat is itself loaded with that much antibiotics. It shows up in, in your, your urine. urine from eating the meat. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think that's pretty revealing. Um, Calosthenos Immortal Soul asked, is whey protein safe? I always say no way to whey. And, and the reason is, is that uh, the, the milk protein essentially is, is the whey. It's a portion of dairy which it's not the lactose that causes most people problems, lactose, sugar, and milk. It's, it's the whey and the casein usually. The whey and the casein. So, and the problem is, is with whey is even if it's as you know very purified, there's still trace amounts of that casein as well. And just the whey itself is inflammatory even if you're not allergic to it, correct? Whey proteins are highly inflammatory. The fact that athletes were even using it uh, for so-called athletic well, benefit. Most of my – I have a few friends who – are or were in the NFL, and the, the the people that I know who are at that top level, they uh, they ate real food. <laughs> they didn't they didn't believe in protein powders or any of that type of stuff. Which Especially dairy whey exactly, protein. Yeah. I created a plant based protein uh, powder, uh, Slim Blend Protein, for the very reason that I was concerned uh, uh, about people consuming uh, the animal based uh, protein powders. They're not good for you. And most of them, not only are they not good for you in regards to just their base components that you're hoping you're going to get, um, you know, you do, do, your, do your own research, but uh, the vast majority of whey is contaminated with lead and arsenic, mercury, all kinds of heavy metals just from the process of, you know, what the, like the cows themselves and what they eat and what they're fed. So, yeah, it's not, a, not, not, the, not the ideal source of protein. Yes, the holidays are upon us, and we have some incredible specials coming up for Black Friday. And meanwhile, because you're one of our dedicated podcast listeners, you have an opportunity to use the code from Nick. Go to our website, estroblock.com, use that code at checkout, and you'll get an additional 10% off the incredible discounts that are coming out now at estroblock.com for Black Friday. Get in early on these special discounts while they last. Go to estherblock.com and just use the code at checkout from Nick, and you'll get an added 10% off the already incredible discounts that we are offering for this incredible holiday specials. 